you know, I miss Jimmy, but you know, we're going to kind of be able to say pretty much whatever we want without him, <laughs> you know, making us feel like children. And oh my God, we require supervision. What? I have no idea what's going to happen on this episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you happen to be Jimmy, this is your spoiler alert before we get started. You're not going to want to listen to this. Oh my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but the rest of you, you are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 62. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. My name is Greg, and I'm here with Rob. That's right. Uh, Jimmy is on vacation this week, so he won't be able to yell at Rob for being offensive. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and we had replaced him with a helper monkey, but when it started throwing poop, I we, we had to send it back. It, it, we needed a different one. Yeah. Because it did not throw poop as well as Jimmy does. Yeah, no, no one does that. Uh, so what we do here is we discuss pop culture, we discuss entertainment, and we throw in a little bit of nostalgia because we're old, honestly. I mean, you know, totally. we grew up in the 80s and 90s, so we got to talk about that stuff eventually. And I this week, when... <laughs> this week we've got uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, speaking of ah. a little bit of pop culture and nostalgia. Uh, we've got Daredevil Season 3, the Netflix show, and getting a little festive, The Christmas Chronicles. It's heartwarming and adorable and has a lot of buzz. I don't know if like you've poop. seen people talking about it, but uh, Rob, you need to turn up your hearing aid. What? Yeah, exactly. So this is a review show. There will probably be spoilers. Let's face it. There's going to be spoilers. We'll try to avoid any major twists, but if you haven't figured out how the spoilers thing works by now, yeah, I don't know. Our, our wheels have come completely off the spaceship. We've got no Jimmy. Uh, you have Wait, no Jimmy. That that has so many different meanings. <laughs> and I have a puppy that's biting my foot. Ah, fair enough. So, Rob, uh, where can people contact us if they'd like to complain about whatever it is that's going on right now? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. And you can email us at gmail.com, Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And as all. <laughs> God. As always, the five is spelled out F-I-V-E, not the number five. And please, guys, leave us a review on iTunes. Maybe not for this episode. Yeah. But leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using. It really helps us stand out. Also, tell us, Greg, where can we get all of that cool Give Me Five podcast swag? Well, Rob, you can get that at GiveMeFivePodcast.Threadless.com. And... I just received an email that there's free shipping on the Give Me Five what? podcast store. So your T-shirts, your cell phone cases, heck, you can buy T-shirts and cell phone cases for your grandmother. Because she'll they like They will be free. The shit, not they will. The, the, the shipping will be free. Um, until she will, December she will love our She will love our logo because it will remind her of when she was a child. Exactly. Because we're... In 1985. Uh, so anyway, weird. the free shipping code... Write this down, guys. Free ship 11. That's free, F-R-E-E, ship, S-H-I-P, 11. That is all one word. And it usually goes without the puppy barking at the beginning of it. 
<laughs> Sorry. Oh, also, we have an Amazon link on our page. It's on our Facebook page. It's on our links, our LinkedIn page. It's on the page for this particular podcast. If you click on that link, we really appreciate it because it takes a little bit of money from Amazon and the world's richest person, and it gives it to us, the world's poorest podcast, and it does not cost you guys anything. So when you're buying whatever cool stuff you're buying for the holidays, use that link, and it's giving us a little bit of a gift as well. Uh, let us know what you're doing. I've got some... You know, if you guys do it, I've got some Give Me Five Podcast stickers that I might be able to uh, send your way. Sweet. Um, I want some. So, Rob, have you heard anything new? new? You have some, first of all. Have you heard anything new out there? Any news? Um, yeah, well, <laughs> I saw a story today. Um, happened here in Florida. Oh, dear God. Yeah, because all the weird shit happens in Florida. <laughs> People always claim that it's because, like, Florida has that law where the reporters can actually see the police reports but no people are just weird here they totally are um and and it made me think of you actually or made me think of you chastising me there apparently was a lady who was in line at a store that cut a very loud fart and when the guy behind her complained about it she pulled a knife on him and threatened to gut him <laughs> she she of course was arrested for aggravated assault without intent to kill I, but yeah she she pulled the knife and said that she was going to gut him because he complained about her loud nasty fart <laughs> wow okay well i knew that even without knowing that was florida you knew that was florida um pretty much yeah it, uh, come on florida we try so hard to get something right and we just don't the only thing we get right is the theme parks and the fact that disney is able to do that so well is even more impressive considering where it is and disconcerting. Yeah, I, 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 I don't even know what else to say about uh, her. Um, it had to be a terrible fart, I guess. Although, yeah. And and I love those stories. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember that one. Um, God, I want to say maybe a year ago or so now. But that that lady at Tim Hortons. Did you remember hearing about that? Oh, the the mad pooper. <laughs> Yes, the mad pooper. Did you watch the video for that? Yeah, it was hard to watch. <laughs> I just felt so bad for the poor employee that was probably making like you know seven fifty an hour. Oh my god! She, and and you know if if you guys can stand the poop, you know it's 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 actually kind of funny. But she comes in and she's all mad, and I mean there's no sound or anything. But she comes she in, totally she's all looks mad. just like a PTA soccer mom. Oh, I thought she kind of looked like a drug addict, but. You know, drug addict, soccer mom. You know, same thing. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, she comes sorry, in. She's PTA all soccer moms and drug she's addicts. She's all yelling at the lady behind the counter, and I don't know what the lady told her, but it upset her enough that she dropped trowel, leaned up against the wall that was right in front of. The, of the... Uh, she wanted to use the restroom, and and the employee said no because she had had a history at that store of like destroying the, the bathroom. bathroom. Yeah. Um, and, and if so she was willing to do that on that fire. front wall, then you can only imagine what she did in the restroom. <laughs> she leaned up against the front wall, dropped a deuce, went to the, went to the counter, grabbed a napkin, scooped it up, and threw it at the employee. That's, and, and while that's poor, utterly horrifying, uh, if you're the employee. The poor the, unloved barista. The video so, is hilarious. Actually, I, I got... Something that's where we're going to take a hard left from poop because poor Jimmy is probably punching his dashboard right now. What are you doing? You're ruining it. There is a heavy metal band named Threaten. That's 
T-H-R-E-A-T-I-N. And Rob, have you heard of this heavy metal band? I have not. Okay, and that's not just because you don't really listen to heavy metal and we always play that game where we mess with you. Um, mm-hmm. Really, no one has heard of this band uh, because the guy that started it, his name is Jared Threaten, and he booked a European tour. Uh, venues in the like 200 people to 700, 800 people range. Mm-hmm. Booked this tour, paid for the venues and promised tickets to, you know, promised that they sold a certain number of tickets, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Got a backing band. And after a few shows, the first thing, only seven people showed up. The band was like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's a just kind of getting started, you know, and then the next show, like less people showed up. And after the, the next show or around that time, they decided the bookers decided to start looking into it. And oddly enough, the first thing they realized was that all of the the band, the band's management, their videographer, whatever, people all had the same like GoDaddy registration, which normally would not happen. Basically meaning that they, you know, the the company that signed the band, the band and the company that made their music videos all got formed on the same day. Okay. Well, it turns out that Threaten is a fake band. <laughs> they Squirrel Cadaver. Yes, just like Squirrel Cadaver. Actually, Squirrel Cadaver has a huge following compared to this band. Uh, they also figured out that all of the fans on his Facebook and MySpace or whatever pages were fans from Brazil, uh, all from basically the same place, meaning, you know, a farm, you know, like the like farms. Mm-hmm. Um, they had videos on YouTube that never showed the band and the crowd at the same time. So it would show like him on stage and then it would cut to like a random crowd shot. Mm-hmm. And so basically this guy went on tour and paid for venues for a band. Oops. I just punched my microphone for a band that does not exist and went all over Europe. He actually did spend his own money, although technically he did screw the bars and stuff out of money because there was no, you know, like a lot of that time is a lot of that stuff is like, we'll bring in a certain number of people and then they'll pay their bar tabs and stuff. Cover charges and stuff. Yeah. Cover charges, all that. And yeah, so fake tour. And it, he finally spoke uh, this week and he basically Mm -hmm. said, uh, what is fake news? Everyone who had, who learned about his exploits said, or he said it was part of the illusion. So this guy did that. And I think this is actually a good place for a snap decision. Uh, what do you think, Rob? What If you have this, this guy who basically faked a band for, for publicity, put a lot of people out, but also... Made it in. This is a just a dude that the article I found was in the New York Times, and -hmm. people actually know who he is now. Do you think this is a good idea? This kind of publicity, a bad idea? Well, Uh, would you be pissed? You know, what what do you think? I mean, I I guess it depends upon um, if he's the only one who's put out because of it. I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, he basically paid for publicity, which is essentially what it is. But if all of those business owners were hurt because of his actions, then and and this is what he had intended all along, then I would think that those business owners should be able to recoup some of their losses from it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm like torn on that because, you know, likes, social media, all that kind of stuff is it, some of it's fake. We know that, um, you know, I don't think we would do that kind of stuff. Yeah, we definitely wouldn't do that. I'd like to also thank our three million new listeners. Uh, uh, we are really big in Thailand for some are reason. Are we really? Uh, we are Thailand, uh, uh, Nova Scotia for some reason. I don't know. But anyway, 
Um, yeah, I think uh, in some ways, like they always say there's no bad publicity, but like people know who he is now, but people only know him associated with the fake band. Well, people know who he what, is. Wait, what, Whoa, wait. what? What the hell? Oh, hey, guys. Uh, people know you who heard he us is. talking about you. <laughs> hmm? yeah. How long have you been on? <laughs> oh, not long. I'm really glad Rob didn't say the reindeer thing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Dude, how long have you been on, for real? Oh, you know. You know. <laughs> that a, was freaking awesome. It's a thing. But uh, oh, We spent the whole beginning of the show talking about how we needed adult supervision. And well, I mean, here I'm you here are. Now. It, it's okay. Um, everybody can breathe a deep sigh of relief. I'm here. <laughs> oh, my God. But my opinion on this... Um, Yes, please tell. Yeah, it, <laughs> this guy is going out here and he's, you know, I very briefly have got a chance to look at the story and uh, there's a video for his band or whatever you want to call it. Um, there's something going on in those eyes that's not mm, a little bit of crazy happening there. Um, and, and if you're going together, if you're going out there on YouTube and you're cutting together shots of crowds that are not there for you. Um, as an artist, I think, uh, I think that's a form of plagiarism. It's a, it's, it's an aggressive form of marketing that I think, and once people have found this guy out, then they're, they're not going to book you. You know, you duped a lot of promoters and you duped a lot of clubs out of a lot of money, um, where they could have put different artists in, in the slot that you were taking up and you screwed them over. So, um, I don't think this guy really deserves a lot of publicity and you know he's been found out as a as a hack and a frog and a frog a <laughs> hack and a fraud and uh you i know, like the frog better change your name i believe that is his fake name already well um, get a different fake name and go with a different band a real band mm -hmm. well but i think that was the point though is that it, well, it, well is I this mean, some honestly, like art what, school project what is the point of this actually to be to be quite to frank i mean I'm I'm it's guessing it was to get noticed. For what? You know, to I mean we're if if you Google Jared Threaten, uh, J E R E D T H R E A T I N, now there's a million freaking hits about him. <laughs> so Yeah, you know, but, yeah but that's not even his real name. Yeah, I but think... like that's what he's touring under. He has he has albums, like I mean they're personal made ones, but mm -hmm. I, he was I pretending think he was bigger than he was. You know, he might have had fifteen fans in California wherever he's from. Yeah. But, so I think one hundred percent. It was you know the the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Barry, Bailey thing before they became huge. Yeah, the, I think that's going to work against them. I don't think. It's I think work especially in music, especially in the in the metal world, because there's a lot of like metal fans in some cases will be completely okay with like a band that murdered their own guitarist, but really yeah. pissed off if you're a fraud. <laughs> well, now he's considered a poser. Yeah, and and yeah, that's a that's a high school term but that's what he is now and nobody's gonna go see him nobody's gonna take him seriously in that community mm -hmm. even if he has skills which uh, that's debatable I, I watched his video and it's very like eh, not my not my bag yeah so uh it's well not my um, bag, baby really well jimmy uh since you're you're here um, yeah sure so we're gonna have to change some of our topics up uh we will no longer be randomly watching pornhub videos and reviewing them um Damn Good it. lord, is that what you guys were going to do? 
Uh, no, we were actually we were going to keep with the the, the main plan. We we were going to talk about Ralph breaks the internet, uh, Daredevil season three, and the Christmas Chronicles. Um, so I'm guessing you have not because you did not expect to be on, uh, as we were supposed to be recording yesterday, and you were supposed to be out of town. And I was out of town yesterday. Yeah, we thought um, you were out of town today as well. Today. But nope. Well, I got back today. Yes, tonight. I had uh I had date night. Oh, and we're going to talk about one other thing. Uh, you're going to talk about. <laughs> not date night i forgot to put it in there um, we already talked about that uh, we are going yeah exactly oh that was um, game night we're gonna yeah, talk about uh the bohemian rhapsody which i got to see okay cool so um are, are you willing to join us on some of that stuff um yeah i will where i can i'm absolutely exhausted so i maybe got another hour hour and a half okay yeah and i got one other little thing here uh, of all of the stuff that we do on this podcast, we've talked about some some pretty controversial things. We've had some controversial opinions. We've talked about big movies. We've talked about big albums and had conversations about sports things and things that people get really heated on. The thing that we've done the, that had the most conversations about was about cranberry sauce. <laughs> you people out there have very strong opinions about the way your cranberry sauce should look. Either like the shape of a can or like a, you know, bowl full of awesome berries. So we put up this picture. I put up this picture that night that we recorded our Thanksgiving episode, episode uh, 61. If you guys want to go back and listen. And we talked a little bit about terrible Thanksgiving food. And I put up this just random picture I found online of a nice can of cranberry sauce. And people went nuts and were just dropping all sorts of comments about which cranberry sauce was right and wrong and whatever. So... You guys had no opinions about, like, you know, the Avengers Infinity War <laughs> and the Star Wars movie, which everyone has opinions on. Yet, when I bring up cranberry sauce, it's a freaking melee. What the hell? It's pandelirium! Yes, what he said. And I just want to point that out. So, next year, no cranberry sauce for you people. Let's, uh, let's get this thing started. Okay, so, uh, we're gonna get started here, I guess, and, uh... You know, we're going to start off by talking about Ralph Breaks the Internet. And Ralph is, Wrecks the Internet. Because, um, is it Ralph Wrecks the Internet? I think it's, I thought it was Breaks the Internet. It is Breaks Ralph. the Internet. Oh, I think he tried to get him to call it Ralph Wrecks the Internet. That was in the trailer, yeah. But she said Breaking the Internet is kind of a thing. Yes, exactly. Now you confuse me. But anyway, it's uh, got the voices of John C. Riley, Sarah Silverman, Gal Gadot, Gerard G.P. Henson, Jack McBrayer, Jane Lynch, Alan Tudyk and Ed O'Neill, amongst others. And Rob and I both saw it. Uh, the ghost of Jimmy here did not, but we uh, might do a little bit of spoiling, but it's more going to be spoiling of um, Easter eggs and whatnot. I, I, I got to say that this movie was essentially Ready Player One, but for Disney. In really? some ways. As far as, as far as the, it, this movie was for Disney what Ready Player One was for the 80s. Like reference-wise, not yeah. story-wise. Yeah, there were a whole bunch of references, um, a whole bunch of things involved with Disney that it was like, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. That that kind of thing, you know, like you had with Ready Player One. Yeah. Okay. And, well, that's not a great um, selling point for me. So the the story, the, the basic story, um, is six years after the Wreck-It Ralph story, the arcade is kind of doing its thing. The the guy that owns the arcade, whose name I don't remember, he gets uh, Wi-Fi. Lewack. What is Litwack. his name? Litwack. 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 Um, 
And there's a little bit of a kind of a thing where Vanellope is kind of bored with her own game because it's basically the same tracks all the time, the same situation all the time. So Ralph decides to be her best friend and make new tracks. It causes the the player to accidentally break a little girl breaks the the machine. And because it's an older video game, they can't find the new steering wheel. There's no there's no parts available. Yeah. So they go into the internet to eBay to the the characters go into the internet via the Wi-Fi into eBay to try to uh, well eBoy is the little guy it is actually eBay to um yeah, no, I know. he calls it to eBay. grab uh the part or try, not understanding how money works and all that stuff so that's basically the the story to try to save the game because if they don't save the game the game will get sent away and therefore Vanellope will be homeless as will all of the other characters um that's super sad. Yeah, it's no, it's very cute. And of course, they do the little thing where like they're in one game looking across the arcade at the other game, like as it's shut down, it has the little sign on it and stuff. Jimmy says it's very sad, and Greg says it's very cute. No, no, it's cute, but it's very cute. It okay, cute. well, I, I haven't even seen the first one, so so I I very much enjoyed it. It was very high energy and, and I did too. Fun. There was a lot of references, like Rob said. Um, they weren't quite as in your face as in. Ready Player One, it wasn't like, you know, oh, look, it's a stormtrooper. They just happened to be there. Like, no one was talking about them. There are a few references here and there. Well, what were some of the more notable ones? Um, Well, some of them were not anything specific, but there was, like, the pop-up ads. I liked a lot. There was, like, people with, like, signs on them that would be like, mm-hmm. you know, seven ways to do this. You're you're not going to – you're going to be surprised at number three, that kind of stuff. Click here. Click here. Yeah. Yeah, like the pop-up bad people were like that. Of course, every website, that kind of thing. There was, you know, Snapchat, your um, Twitter and Amazon, all those references. Um, when they went to the Disney website area, uh, one, and everyone said, oh, uh, Stan Lee was walking around. Yeah, was that, was the same, that was the same reaction in my theater. Oh. Stan Lee's avatar was there and everybody was like, oh. Yeah, and all the avatars of the, the users are basically, they look like... Uh, Kind of like uh, the we me characters, kind of like boxy yeah. headed, and mm-hmm. that um, the people that are trying to you know keep them from doing certain things. There's no real villains in this movie for the most part. Something kind of happens towards the end, but there's sto- there's like first order stormtroopers. There's uh, yeah permits I, there. I didn't catch it, but did you did you catch the stormtrooper? The one the the stormtrooper that was leading them. Oh, uh, his name it was uh, FN three eight one or whatever it is. Finn's the one number, that basically. Yeah, and there was another one that was played by the the composer. Yeah, that, like I voice think that wise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was that. You know, of course, the the princesses part, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, uh, Pixar, you know, Peter Pan, Grumpy Dwarf is there. It's just a, a lot of references to Disney stuff. And there's part of me that was like, "Wow, this is cool." But there's another part of me is like, "Wow, Disney does own everything." Yeah. And I and I have to admit I missed it. I didn't see it, but I thought probably one of the one of the neatest ones was the the Aunt Cass cameo from from yes. Big Hero Six. She yeah, that was in one of the pop ups. Yeah, she, well, she was she was the picture that they used for the Lonely Housewives Want to Meet You pop up ad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that I, I thought that was kind of clever. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I read about that as as well. I didn't see it in the movie. Specifically, but it was definitely in the trailer because it. Um, so I don't know if they took it out, but maybe they did. Uh, there was they had um, a reference to Humphrey the Bear, which was like an old Disney cartoon, apparently, and he was yes, picking up trash. I, and I actually noticed him in the background picking up trash. Mm-hmm. 
the the stormtroopers, of course, and we're not going to really get on this rabbit hole of mentioning all the Easter eggs because you know you'll see them. But I all a lot of the Disney animation movies use these A one one three reference, and I think Jimmy probably knows what that one is. What A one one three is? Yeah, that was the uh, room number. I think that a lot of the uh, John Lasseter and a lot of the um, guys who founded Pixar uh, went to at Cal Arts. Yep, very good. Yeah. So they use that a lot. So they the stormtroopers reference that. <clears throat> um so there's one very funny there's a funny part with Groot. I thought I loved that part with Groot. Mhm. Um, and see, where, I didn't get that reference. That was one of the references I didn't get. So they based on the stuff that's actually on that Disney website, there was a thing where you could ask Groot questions. There's always those quizzes like what Disney princess are you? So that's where they those characters come in. So the the little girls that are like, what Disney princess are you? The princesses are kind of in a waiting room and they can come out and appear on the screen. And of course, there's a thing where you can ask Groot a question. And they actually referenced a podcast, the Comedy Bang Bang podcast from like 2015, where um, a character that they made up on the podcast, Jason Manzukas, is the real person. He made up a character called Hey Nong Man. And it's a very bizarre thing, but they actually referenced it in this, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, so up and beyond, beyond references, um, how do you think the plot worked out? Um, it, I mean, it, it was completely telegraphed. It, it was, it was, there was no mystery where the movie was going. Um, so, I mean, from that aspect, it, it lacked a little bit. Um, but as far as the movie itself goes, it was really enjoyable, even if the ending was a little sad. Yeah, um, I'm always torn about that with kids' movies, like the the telegraphed stories, because you have to remember who these are actually made for. Right. Although there are kids movies that don't telegraph it. So it is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always interested when they add a new character trait in, whether it be a TV show or a movie like, you know, the, the, I guess, wanderlust of Vanellope in this, where she's like, well, you know, I'm bored about stuff. Yeah. Which I understand that does happen, but like, I'm, I'm so used to it from watching like um, a 987 years of the Simpsons. Where, like, you know that there'll be, like, an episode where all of a sudden someone has some new character trait and it's going to play a part of that episode. And then it goes away by the end of it. So I'm always, like, I'm I really key on that. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, as soon as she was, like, complaining about the tracks, I'm like, okay, here's where that's going. Yeah. Uh, I loved the death race sequence. The, yeah, mm-hmm. the slaughter race. Yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of one of my all-time favorite underrated video games. Which is? Vigilante 8. Okay. Love that game. Good one. Or Twisted Metal. I like that as well. Oh, Twisted Metal so great. Yeah. The one time I ever skipped school was to play Twisted Metal 3, and I got in so much trouble. Totally worth it. It's a story for another day. Oh, yeah, I got totally got caught. I felt bad about it, and I had a friend of mine, like, call the the high school and say she was my mom, and it totally didn't work. (laughs) So I went back in, and I I got in a, a lot of trouble. Nice. I was too much of a goodie to shoe for that, and I did not ever skip school. Yeah, I tried once. It, it, I went to back to school the same day, but yeah. <laughs> I felt um, so guilty about it. So the first trailer had this funny sequence of the all the Disney princesses, and they were trying to figure out if Vanellope was actually a princess. And they were asking her all sorts of questions, right? And you, you know, yeah, were you ever poisoned or... Did someone steal your voice or whatever? And or she's lock like, you in a tower? Are, yeah. are you okay? Do I need to call the police? Yeah. She's like, are you, you guys okay? So it was, it was very funny. And I kind of figured that would be the Disney princess scene. Mm-hmm. And then later on, there's an awesome sequence with the princesses. 
Yeah. Well, can I can I just say as far as the princesses go, that how awesome it was. I mean, I thought it was awesome that they got all of the original voices. Well, the ones who are still alive. Because obviously mm-hmm. the girl the girl who played Snow White, the girl who played um Cinderella have both passed away. And I think the girl who played Aurora has retired and is no longer doing any work whatsoever. Okay. So three of the princesses they had to get new voices for, but they got all of the other original princess voices to voice the characters in the movie as well. And this is all of them, you know, from, you know, Moana, uh, Merida, you know, Cinderella, all the ones you mentioned, of course, Pocahontas, every single one. Yeah. Uh, Pocahontas. And, and while they did update the style for the kind of computer animated stuff, the motion was still the same. Mm-hmm. Like every time Pocahontas was visible, her hair was kind of blowing in the wind like it did in the movies and stuff like that, which I thought was really cool. Uh, Mulan was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so this kind of actually leads a little bit into, I had hinted earlier that I'm going to have a snap decision question later so there's this other sequence later on where the princesses arrive uh, uh spoiler warning you know this um they arrive to kind of help out kind of following up the joke of like did a big strong man help you so here all the princesses show up to help out and so moana kind of creates a tower of water ariel swims up through it to make it spiral elsa freezes it to make like a slide so that ralph is falling and he lands on it and whatever so it's this really cool like very quick pace sequence and then uh, gus and Jacques like launch thread across and sew a dress and ralph gets stuck in the dress and it's just a a whole cool sequence Mm -hmm. as that sequence was going on like my immediate thought was i kind of need to see a movie with just all the princesses like yes uh, it doesn't have to be canon it could be something like they were pulled from their world that kind of thing and put all together and i am and like as a snap decision like why do you think that hasn't happened yet um, as a snap decision, I don't know that anybody's ever thought to include all the princesses in a movie yet. Yes. As, um, as weird as that actually sounds, I think that's yeah. probably the case. I, I think maybe somebody was just sitting at their chair when they were directing the sequence and go, oh, wait a minute. So I'm so not sure how that could be possible with, you know, with games like Kingdom Hearts out where they, or the Infinity thing where like all of these characters do interact now. Hmm. Like, I mean, you could be right. I, I don't know if. You know, is Disney just very cautious about that? Because that's kind of like that has it would have to be spot on, excellent, perfect because of all of the the money involved and all of the the property. You know, well, like it, I, I I think now if they were to do that, it'd be a brilliant idea. I mean, they've created uh, several Disney princesses in the past few years, and maybe mm-hmm. maybe fifteen twenty years ago, maybe they I don't know they think they didn't have enough as opposed to like a Marvel roster of where you could just grab from Mm -hmm. everywhere Mm -hmm. that you had so many characters Mm -hmm. to choose from. But now you have so many with so many strong and distinctive uh, powers or, you know, characterization stuff like that. Yeah. That I I think now's a good time for it. Yeah. I think it'd be great. Um, My only, my only other thought there is like, maybe they are concerned about like, if one of the princesses quote unquote underperforms, is it going to ruin it? Cause you know, companies are weird about that stuff because you know, if like, okay, in this sequence, you know, Merida is going to get in an argument with uh, who's the princess and the frog princess. I've not seen that movie. Tiana. So Merida and Tiana are going to get into an argument and so-and-so, and then it'll be like, Oh, well is the, the people in charge of that oh, people are in charge of that, like creative aspect is going to be like, well, we can't do that because you know, we're opening up this new portion of the park and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. 
which is I, I know this from the comic book world where they do like, you know, we can't have Batman fight Captain America because both of the companies feel like it's going to ruin their character if the other one wins. Really? Um, but well, I, I don't know. I, I saw it and I immediately was like, I would like to see that movie. Here's a suggestion for you, Disney. How about uh, in all your expansion? How about a princess park? Yeah, actually, no, because we I would never see my wife again. That well, <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what Disney is already. I mean, they they most most Magic of the Kingdom. well, yeah, most of the meet and greets are princesses. Um, I mean, you do have Buzz and you've got Woody, um, and yeah, you've got Gaston, but you know, most people go to see like um, you know. Well, I mean, obviously Mickey, but Mickey and Minnie and then Belle, um, Alice, um, Tiana. Yeah, uh, I don't know where Tiana's meeting is. I don't know that she's she's um in the same place as the other ones. Like if you go to the left, it's like okay. Tiana and someone. And if you go okay. to the right, like you know, near Small World in Fantasyland. Yeah, because mm-hmm. most most of the meet and greets are the are yeah. the princesses. Okay, yeah, that's true. Um, I think though. You know, if any time uh, is a good time, now's a, a prime time for uh, a princess movie. Princess team up. I'd like you to know that we were talking about poop like 30 minutes ago before Jimmy showed up. And now we're talking about Disney princesses, a, a princess theme park. I just want, want all the listeners out there to be very clear on that. Well, you're very welcome that I decided to join the broadcast <laughs> when I did. So <laughs> It was going downhill fast. One could say down the toilet. Mm. Rob, he heard. His Jimmy senses were tingling. Yeah, they were. They were. He just was si- he was sitting there and he just got enraged. He's like, I need to go online. <laughs> uh, and- I was, uh, yeah, I was watching the Sansa Cowboys game and I was just like, hang on a second. I I do have to I do have to offer a rebuttal, Greg, because I would like to disagree with you because I know that we had this discussion uh, yesterday about Baby Moana. Uh, okay, go on. It was totally. So, you explain it first. You can't. They they are they were not part of this conversation. There's there's a scene. Um, by the way, there's two post credit scenes. Stay all the way to the end if you go see the movie. All the way to the end. Um, but the the first of the two scenes has a little baby sitting in the back of a car, uh, playing on a on one of those touch uh, one of the pat- tablets or whatever. Um, feeding the bunny pancakes and feeding the kitten milkshakes. And of course she's upset that there was a scene that wasn't in the movie that was in the trailer. And that is that scene, basically that scene. But the baby is totally baby Moana. Now I know that you said that, Oh, the timeline doesn't match up. And I'm like, no, the timeline's irrelevant because this whole movie just abolishes timelines because all of the princesses exist all at once. But, um, But that was outside of the movie. That's right. outside of the internet world. Well, yes and no. Um, but I understand that, that... Did you say that they said it was not Baby Moana? They said that in the credits, it's named Baby Mo. The mom says Baby Mo, but the people involved with the movie just... They said it was actually not her. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the character model for Baby Moana. It looks exactly yeah. like Baby Moana. They call they it. They basically grabbed. They bab, They grabbed the character model from the database of various character right. models they have. They called it Baby Mo, and I'll have you know, the mother was voiced by Moana's mother from the movie. Just in case you didn't know that little tidbit either. And I think the little girl was voiced by the the same little girl as well. It was Baby Moana. I don't care what they say. It was Baby Moana. 
<laughs> because they brought all the princesses back to do their voices. It doesn't it doesn't have to well, I guess that's a question for everybody out there. Yeah. Does that does that count as being baby Moana even if they say, "Well, you know, it's not technically baby Moana, but it looks like her. We call her baby Mo and her voice is, you know, it's the same actor who did the voice and it's the same actor who played the mother." What do you think, Jimmy? Um, I haven't seen it. So, <laughs> but that that sounds very like baby Mo, baby Moana. Um, I'm not familiar with the clip, but uh, it, it's like it one of the first like teaser trailer, so you'll you'll be able to see it at some point. Just look it up; it's the first teaser trailer. Yeah, well, the, the regardless, the point is that it's the same character model, so it's the same 3D <laughs> model. It's the same yeah. voice actor. They call her Baby Mo. The woman who's playing her mother is the same voice actor that played the mother from Moana. So, in a movie where they brought everybody back to play their original parts, it's it's Baby Moana. Yeah, I mean, if they're throwing timelines out the window and they're putting all the princesses together and they're, you know, including all these cameos for characters that were long ago or deceased or, you know, as in the case of Stan Lee, then I think it's plausible. I think it's probable. I mean, characters uh, so, pop up in movies in, in all time because I mean, the boot, the beast had a cameo in Aladdin granted it was as a toy figure, but you know, it was still the character of beast, you know, making a cameo. Mm hmm. Well, I get that, but when you say that was baby Moana, you didn't see the this little girl, like, you know, making bottles of water float around in the car. That's what I was referring to. And I was referring to it still technically counting as a cameo. Gotcha. So the the character model for baby Moana was most definitely a cameo in there. Because technically, those really weren't the princesses either. They were digital representations of the princesses, if we want to get, like, meta. Oh, my God. And that, and, and that last... After oh, the last scene, cameo. The last... Uh, sequence as well was absolutely fantastic that literally made me laugh all the way out of the theater and now a, a sneak preview of frozen 2 and then we got rick rolled mm -hmm. <laughs> or uh wreck rolled yes it was fantastic nice so i think we should talk a little bit about your mom about your mom now about uh bohemian rhapsody because i i it's been out for a little while so i won't take up too much time. Uh, I saw Bohemian Rhapsody last night. It was awesome. It was really good. And a few things, uh, you know, Ra uh, Rami Malek, he pretty much became Freddie Mercury for this movie. The original clips and stuff like that, when they first came out, you were like, wow, holy cow. He looks like it. Even more so, Willem Lee, who I'm not really sure who Willem Lee is. He's the actor that plays Brian May, who's the guitarist for Queen. Oh my God. Like, completely became him. I, you couldn't even tell them apart if they like if you look at photos of like the history photos versus the other guy. Mm -hmm. Ben Hardy plays Roger Taylor. These are all members of the of Queen. Uh, Lucy Boynton, not from Queen, but plays Mary Austin, who is Freddie Mercury's girlfriend, fiance, confidant, whatever, all the way through. Hoax? No, no, not a hoax. She was there. She was still actually. She's, well, no, they were married. I think it only went to fiance level. They they were engaged. Okay. Possibly. Yeah, Aiden Gillen, of course. Mr. Littlefinger, we've talked about many times. Uh, he played John Reed, who was um, Queen's original manager, who actually, a music manager played by Aiden Gillen, who was actually a good guy. <gasps> I know. Alan Leach, who was uh, Freddie Mercury's manager, not, or Paul Prenter was Freddie Mercury's manager, played by Alan Leach. I keep on mixing those up. Yeah, those are, that's basically the cast. 
Um, okay, the, not the, officially married, but maybe, uh, as Freddie Mercury put it, common law marriage. Yes. To Mary Austin. And it was – the movie was really, really good. And I, and I think most people gave it kind of B plus, A minus range, which I think is really kind of accurate for that for the movie. The shots of the Live Aid concert, which I vaguely remember it actually happening, but I actually have the DVD box set of it. So I've gone back and watched it a bunch of times. There, that performance was incredible. It still goes down in history as one of the top live performances ever, the Queen performance from that. Um but the other the thing that's weird is I think there was enough real life tragedy, real life drama that they added some very strange stuff into the movie that I don't think they they made some very distinct changes that didn't need to happen. One of which the big one is they show that Queen breaks up mm-hmm. right before the Live Aid concert and that never happened at all. And it's like a big blow up with arguments and all this stuff and it didn't actually happen. Now they did take a break because they had toured for 10 years. And they were supposed to, they expected to take about a three-year break in the early 80s. And then it, by the end of that year, they recorded again. So, like, they couldn't even break up properly if that was the thing. Like, they, and they came out with, I think, uh, like, Radio Goo Goo, or I'm not a, the world's biggest Queen fan, but came out with that song or uh, another one, Bites the Dust, possibly. So I thought that was really weird. And they did a lot of stuff where they kind of combined stuff, where, like, you know, Freddie Mercury meets Mary Austin the same night that he met the band that became Queen when it's not true at all. And like, I don't know why they needed to do that when there's other crazy stuff they put in there that 100% happened. Uh, Like, you know, Freddie Mercury having a million cats and talking to them or, you know, his manager doing some shady stuff to kind of separate him from the band because his manager had like a crush on him, that kind of stuff. But the performances are great in that movie. Um, Do you, I'm not the world's biggest Queen fan. Although I think Bohemian Rhapsody is one of like the best songs ever. Um, Sure. But I find a lot of their stuff, while I can see the talent there, I think a lot of it's kind of kitschy, you know, like Fat Bottom Girls, stuff like that. And then the other stuff I've heard so many times, like We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions. I Mm -hmm. want to ride my bicycle. Yeah. Like that one's one of the kitschy ones. Like the other ones I've just heard so many times, you know, I can't walk into a room without hearing We Are the Champions. Uh, Is that your personal soundtrack? It is. It is. Oh, okay. My own mind. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. No, so like like that didn't like I wasn't like, oh, sweet, they're making a queen movie until I saw some of the early cl- the clips. I'm like, oh, that's going to be kind of interesting. I do think that the movie might have been hurt in some ways. And it sounds like I don't like it because I, I really liked it. I, I'm going to see it again. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed it. But it went through a lot of different directors. Um, David Fincher was supposed to direct it for a while and clashed with the actor with uh, Rami Malek and then left. And then I think before that, um, uh, Sasha Cohen, yeah, Sasha Barrett Cohen was, was attached, was to, attached to it. And then, so I, in some ways you like, you lose some time with the movie. Mm-hmm. So like, did you see it? I have not. Okay. And there's a specific reason why I have not yet seen it. Gotcha. I feel like I'm not supposed to ask you that reason. So I won't <laughs> now. Um, <clears throat> so like, for example, you can, it's just going to be a, a big spoiler. Okay. Um, Go ahead. Okay. So I think you, you've touched on it already. Um, the way the, the movie portrayed the uh, live aid performance was that queen broke up. And from my understanding, from what I've read is that Freddie Mercury came out to his bandmates and said, kind of in a way in the movie, I have AIDS. Let's go out and give them the performance of a lifetime. It's in the movie, yes. Yeah. So 
that was not the case. No, not at all. And after I read that, because I had been really looking forward to the movie. I'm I'm a I'm I am a Queen fan. Um specifically a big fan of Freddie Mercury. And I felt that after I read that, it was a, just a really big injustice to him, to his legacy. Because he didn't even know at that point that. And we, well, when would this? Uh, when was Live Aid? Uh, that was eighty five, and he got diagnosed in eighty seven. There are speculative reports that he knew as far back as nineteen eighty two. Okay. So while we'll never know, you know exactly. Um, <clears throat> My opinion on it is this, that Brian May, um, the guitar player, you know, composer for Queen, is such a uh, strong-armed, kind of Jerry-only type figure. Um, I'm making a weird connection here, but Brian May, Jerry-only, Jerry-only, the, you know, spearhead of the Misfits, Mm -hmm. um, is in such creative control over the story of, of Queen um, that he took a lot of creative license with it. And I think it's very just, um, you know, indignified, um, to the actual story of Freddie Mercury, because this is not a Fred Mercury movie. This is a movie about queen. Mm-hmm. Well, it's weird. Cause it kind of is a Freddie Mercury movie. Cause you see, you learn more about his life and they don't, I think some of the places where it gets lost through the different directors and writings and stuff like that is, there's just enough conversation about, well, what's Bohemian Rhapsody about? And there's, a, you know, mentions of mother and I wish I wasn't born and, you know, all that kind of stuff in the song. And they do tie it in a little bit. It's not heavy handed at all, but it's just enough there to where like he has his mom is supportive of, of him. His father is not because they're from their uh, Parsi, which is a whole other culture. I had no idea even existed you know, from Zanzibar, which doesn't even exist anymore. And then there was a big revolution and they had to escape to England. And he really didn't want his, he didn't want anything from that culture. He was always looking forward. There's like a whole thing there that kind of ties in. So there was a lot more about Freddie Mercury than anyone else, really. In fact, there's a whole section of the movie where it's all Freddie Mercury. Like he okay. left to to Germany <clears throat> with the with his manager. And it's most likely, that part is most likely true and most likely where he got infected. Um, for mm-hmm. kind of a large period of time. And so that part was interesting. It was also kind of a weird part of the movie because it, you know, there was a lot of just sections of just like rambunctious, giant, over the top parties. And I was kind of a little more interested in the band interaction. I was interested in stuff like that. And they kind of pulled away from that for, I think, a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was some of the other stuff like, and the one of the, the other things I thought like the band kind of, they meet, they have their first album. And then, like, you've got this record producer that's like, you can't do this big opera album. But they kind of don't get into the fact that, like, there was three or four albums in between that. Like, they don't really mention it. They play a few songs, stuff like that, and they go on tour. But there's, like, no mention of, you know, Queen's second album or third album or fourth album. Like, it's like all of a sudden they get to, well, the fourth album, I think, is Night at the Opera. They get to that one, all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, this song that you guys shouldn't be allowed to do because it's too long and it's an opera album for rock, you know, whatever they get allowed to do it, but they kind of gloss over all that beginning part and then give us maybe 10 to 15 minutes extra of a party. And I kind of would have rather seen them struggle and grow, um, which I always find the most interesting when I read biographies as well. Um, stuff like that. But also, and there is, I think the concert thing is the biggest change, but there's, there's a few other little things in there um, mm-hmm. that I find 
you know, that they probably didn't need to do. Like, you know, like I said, people, you know, him joining the band and meeting the girl on the same night, um, him meeting his eventual longtime boyfriend, husband, if it was actually a legal thing, like at a party when that's not actually true. You know, like, I don't know why they needed to do that because they could have the true story is actually kind of sweeter. Like he he met the guy. He tried to buy the guy a drink. The guy was kind of not out yet either and kind of denied him. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then like a year later. Yeah. So like, they, they I think that story is actually better than in the mm-hmm. movie. The guy is actually cleaning up after this big party and Freddie Mercury sitting at a piano and pinches the guy's butt. And the guy's like, if you do that again, I'm going to beat you. And as he's walking around, Freddie Mercury's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. The guy turns around and he says like, he says something like, you should have bought me a drink first or some something a little sly letting him know. And then later on it leads to something. Mm-hmm. Um. The one thing it really did successfully is one made me want to listen to the music, two made me want to watch the the uh, Live Aid concert concert again. Mm-hmm. And oh, that was the other big thing. I was, they they made it seem like Live Aid was a huge flop until Queen went on, which is not true at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not like all of a sudden the the boards got lit up and they were making money hand over foot just because Queen was on. It was he they were a band and they just happened to have a good performance. But it made me want that, and it made me really want to read like an actual good biography about the band and Freddie Mercury. So. Anyone knows? There's like a bunch out there. I don't know which one is the best one. So if anyone knows, let me know. Yeah, I was about to ask if I mean if there is one. I'd love to read it. Um, I know on my Christmas list there's uh, "Touching from a Distance" by Debbie Curtis, who is the uh, widow of Ian Curtis from Joy Division. Um, very, very interested in reading that story. Um, and if there is one that's as close to Freddie Mercury's life then I'd love to read it too. Yeah, there's there's like a bunch of them. I'm going to have to try to I'll, – I'll figure out which one and maybe I'll let you guys know about it later on. Yeah, please do. Cool. Well, I think the next topic on our list is going to be a, a new Netflix movie. Uh, I believe it is a next Netflix original, is it not, Greg? It is. Uh, we're, this is now time for Christmas Corner with Rob. Christmas. He gets all sappy and weird about Christmas. Yeah, well, you know, December's December is upon us, and we're probably going to we'll probably see another at least one other Christmas horror movie, which is one of our favorite genres. Um, but there is a feel good Christmas movie that just came out. Uh, I believe it was released what like a week ago, two weeks ago, Greg. Yeah, uh, like right around Thanksgiving. It's called The Christmas Chronicles, and it stars Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. Which, on the surface, seems like an odd pairing, but I have to say that I think he did a great job as Santa Claus. What I mean, if you've seen Hateful Eight, you can kind of see it. Yes, yes, I guess you can. I guess you can. But he he did a fantastic job as Santa Claus. The movie was really really cute. Um, It's about a a brother and a sister who are kind of going separate ways, and the brother's going down the bad path, obviously, and the and the younger sister's trying to save him. well, not so much save him as as save his Christmas spirit, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Okay. But anyway, they come up with this plan to to catch Santa on tape, and it actually leads to them ending up in the sleigh and and then falling out of the sleigh while they're you know you know three miles up in the air, um, and then all of the hijinks that ensues because in the effort to rescue the little girl after she falls out of the sleigh, the reindeer gets shaken loose, the sleigh goes down, the bag gets lost, Santa hat, Santa's hat disappears, which is what his magic is, or, you know, which is one of the things that contains his magic. And 
and then it's it's an all-out uh, blitz to try and save Christmas. And how they go about doing it is really, really just a great story. Okay. And all of the actors are fantastic. There were there were a couple of scenes that literally made me laugh out loud. Hmm. Um, and one of them was the the scene that that the writer wrote in with his neighbors. He he wrote a scene and used his neighbors' names for the scene, and that's uh, Larry and Sheila, Sheila Bumperton. Was that what it was, Greg? Huh. It's just Larry and Sheila. I mean, the the name of the people in the in the movie was Bumperton. I don't think that was their real last name, but yeah. Um, well, I stepped away. Remember. <laughs> ah, Larry and Sheila Bumperton. Greg, does that ring a bell? Hold on, uh, say that. Just start again because I had. Uh, yeah, I was kind of. Oh I was just getting back. <laughs> there were there were two scenes that that literally made me laugh out loud. Um, one of them was the scene that that the author wrote into the movie using the names of his neighbors, uh, Larry and Sheila. I don't think their last name was actually Bumperton, but that was the name that the last name that he assigned them in the movie. Right, well, well, the, the no, the whole story is the the writer of the show. That's actually his parents' names. Oh, oh, I thought it was his name. No, no, no it's so okay. So here's the, the kind of interesting story about this. We were told to at least you had already told me to watch this movie earlier in the day, but this we watched this mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving. Rob was at my house for Thanksgiving. I was enjoying scrumptious turkey and even more scrumptious London broil. London broil because turkey sucks and turkeys. So the we were hey, told to whoa. watch it by you just got to do it by right. my in laws who said, "Oh, our our neighbor's son wrote this movie," and I'm like, "Oh, I heard about that." And Rob told me to watch it earlier today, so we all gathered together and we kind of watched it. And so we kind of have we're like one person removed or one group of people removed from the writer of this movie, um, Jewish, by the way, ironic. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just um. You know, we, I, we, I had the ability to basically pass on to this writer that we very much enjoyed, you know, the, the movie via parental conversations and whatnot. So mm-hmm. that, that's kind of where it is, but they're, they're, they are name checked in the, the movie. Maybe, maybe you can pull some strings and, and, and get him on. That'd be awesome. I want to see that. Um, that would be, awesome. you know, the, this movie has a lot of very positive buzz. People not only are watching it and enjoying it. I've seen people say that they watched it two times, three times. We've had a ton of people. People that have actually been on our show have have referred to it like on various things. Hell, I've watched it two times. I and I almost watched it a third, but we ran out of time. We were going to watch it at my mom's house. There you go. So I'm guessing he's going to be very busy, but we'll find out. But it's it's a it's a really cute. Movie. I believe the term is the, efforting. The others... I will effort them. There you go. I've never heard that term before. It's what they say on like on like sports talk shows when they're trying to get someone on the air. Yeah. It sounds like a real banger. <laughs> They'll say he's like, I'm efforting. He, I, I believe so uh, that I've heard it the most from Phil, the show killer from uh, the Dan Patrick show. Do you really want to repeat anything that somebody with the name, the show killer says? That's his name. He has way more listeners than we do. You know? Yeah. Well, but um, the, the other scene that I absolutely loved was Santa Claus in the uh, jail cell. Cause of course Santa gets arrested and locked up. True, and then they they do the the good old rock and roll breakdown. Yes, it's uh absolutely great. And then I mean, it's a it, and it's a great movie to watch with your kids. It is a it is a family movie, and it's it's if you have Netflix, it's free. I I liked all of the little bits where Santa was like pulling out all of like the past dreams and toys that the people wanted when they were kids and stuff. That made me happy. Yeah, trying to prove that he's Santa Claus. You're not Santa. He's like. 
and he like lays out all these toys. He's like, you know what this is? He's like, this is everything you wanted from the ages of five to whatever. Yeah. Hey, you interrupted me at nine. Shall I continue? No, that's okay. <laughs> now, especially for the holidays, I think this is going to go down as one of those new Christmas classics. You know, you've got your your Christmas story, or so I've heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Home Alone, also so I've heard. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, how am I friends with you? <laughs> Die Hard, I've seen. And there you go. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, one of my all time favorite movies. It's a bit nipply out. <laughs> Nippy. Nip. Hey, Rust. <laughs> Can't get much hooter, hotter here. <laughs> and I wanted to talk to you guys about Daredevil Season 3, also a Netflix exclusive. And uh, I think it came out a couple weeks ago. And I was. There's been so much just dark stuff that I've been watching. And a lot of the Netflix Marvel shows are. They're, well, they're mostly good. Some of them are a little bit longer than they should be, but for the most part, they're good. Some of them were pretty dark, so I was kind of hesitant, and then I started watching it, and I think by episode two, I knew I wasn't going to be able to turn it off. Um, if you guys remember, I think at the end of Daredevil season two, basically they dropped a building on Daredevil. I don't remember if it was Daredevil season two or Defender season one, um, but either way, <clears throat> they dropped a building on Daredevil, and this season basically starts with with Daredevil waking up in a sewage drain, obviously messed up, hearing is kind of shot, which is a problem since he's blind and kind of uses sonar that kind of stuff he goes and he's basically resuscitated by a a pretty badass nun um he's played by uh joanne whaley rob do you know what movie joanne whaley is in uh that would be willow yeah alex for 100 thank you very good and i know that you didn't read that off the script either i did not actually i've never seen willow either oh my god really? <laughs> nope dude i i hate you the uh <laughs> the trolls on the bridge scene I still have nightmares about that. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, right? Willow, you idiot. Never saw it. Anyway, so he, there's that, uh, his friends, Foggy and, and Karen, they're going on with their lives. They kind of don't know that, well, they know, they definitely don't know Matt is alive. Shit, I might name my kid Matt Mardigan. (laughs) Is that what that name is from? Yeah, Matt Mardigan. Matt Mardigan's from Willow. That was Val Kilmer's character. Yep. Okay, I'll, I'll watch Willow at some point. We're, we're going to have to do an episode of, like, all of us watching the stuff that we're, like, embarrassingly have not seen. Well, that's three. Titanic. Well, that's fine. But Greg okay. hasn't seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's not he true. Hasn't... I've seen, I watch Christmas Vacation every single year. Okay. I've probably seen that movie seen more it. than any other. You he haven't seen Christmas Story. He hasn't seen Christmas Story. He hasn't, he hasn't seen, seen Willow. Willow. And he hasn't seen, um... Home Alone. Home Alone. Oh, that's yeah, right. that's the one. I'm not entirely sure. I... I... Yeah, well, that, that's let's get on the topic here. So I don't anyway, even know who you are anymore. <clears throat> so they, his friends, Daredevil's friends, where Matt is Daredevil, if I didn't say it, they're unaware that he's alive. They're trying to treat the Kingpin, who's like the ultimate villain of this season, or sort of one of the ultimate villains of the season. They're trying to keep him in prison. The Kingpin is very is kind of doing some uh, machinations behind the scenes to to try to basically take control of the FBI. To get himself out of prison, or at least get enough people, get control of enough people in the FBI to where he can get out of prison and get his beloved Vanessa back, who's really the only person he cares about. And I think every single other season of the Marvel shows on Netflix have had little flaws here and there. I think Daredevil Season 3 is easily the best. Um, Possibly up there with, I really enjoyed Punisher, I know some people didn't, Hmm. up there with Punisher and Jessica Jones Season 1. It was really good. Um, there is the, it, it's tight. Any of the episodes that you would think of as filler episodes actually give you insight into the characters and what they're doing and where they're from and why they act the way they do. 
Uh, oh. Vincent D'Onofrio mm-hmm. was. I always thought he overacted, partially because yeah, he's, I really. He's the one from. Um, um, oh God, no, I can't. Well, he was in Men in Black, so. the first one. He was the like guy that wanted to eat sugar all the time. Right, he's but he's also he's on, on a, that. He's on that TV drama. show, the the cop drama. Yeah. Um, which one was it? Let's see. There's like seven of them. I mean, oh, I, I regardless, well, he was, I always he was pile in Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, but um, I always felt that, like in the TV show, that he was way overacting, mm-hmm. like way over the top. Yeah, um, I don't see it on here. Um, is it Homicide? Hi, Joker. Yeah, homicide, Life on the Street. I think possibly was it. I thought it was the um, the Doink Doink show. The Doink Doink show. <laughs> You know, the one that went, doink, doink. Law and Order. That, that's the one I was looking for. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, well, either way. So he um, he makes that character. Uh, I, when I first casted him, I'm like, okay, really? Kingpin's supposed to be this big, hawking guy that's the size of a like a wall. You know, and he is so sinister and just a force of nature in the show. He is so good. And one of the legitimate scary villains. Because... He's multifaceted. Like there are times when he's like just wants this his wife or fiance back that you're like, you know, if I was the FBI agent, I'd just be like, okay, that makes sense. But then he beats someone to death with his bare hands just because he feels like it or because someone else failed him that the duality of that character is it's great. He's I was really impressed with his performance. Um, So I thought that was great. But Daredevil has become known for its hallway fight scenes like it's the big showpiece scene fights. Uh, there's maybe three or t- two or three that you can consider this in this that have awesome choreography. There's a prison fight scene that is ten and a half minutes long, uncut, literally uncut. They didn't even they didn't even do any like like tricks where they go through a wall or anything like that. That by the time I realized what was going on about three or four minutes in, where it starts off in like a so Daredevil or Matt Murdock sneaks into the prison using some stolen credentials to try to figure some stuff out and tries to figure. And while he's there, he ends up in the infirmary because he gets punched. And then the doctor tries to kill him in the prison because he's been kind of taken over by Fisk or the Kingpin, Wilson Fisk. So it starts off on like a, in the doctor's room where he takes down the doctor and then a bunch of inmates come in and the fight keeps on going. And then he basically gets out of there and it gets to like the hallway where there's like a small conversation and then the fight keeps going and basically a riot breaks out and it shows him trying to get through the prison as things as inmates are breaking out and stabbing guards and whatever. And basically him fighting throughout and he's getting increasingly tired through the whole thing. It's, it's an incredible shot. It's even if you don't watch anything else, I think it's in episode three. Um, it's just a incredibly shot scene. The action is great. And he basically eventually collapses in a taxi. Um, although, Based on seeing Daredevil and Daredevil 2, whenever anyone collapses all bloody and beaten up in a taxi, I totally expected Dopinder to be sitting in the front seat. Like, <laughs> yeah, hello, Mr. Poole. But um, it was it was incredible. Um, there's also a really cool attack sequence where a character named Dex Poindexter, feel free to look that up if you want to know who he becomes, is attacking, trying to kill an informant in a newspaper thing. And he has a remarkably good aim. And throughout the fight, he's just grabbing random office supplies and throwing them at Daredevil as Daredevil is trying to take him down. He's at, this character happens to be dressed as Daredevil, so he's trying to get to him through the thing. He's you know throwing staplers and scissors and knives and all sorts of stuff there through there. Um, 
very well choreographed. And there's also a three-way fight scene at the very end between three characters that every single section of the fight has its own moments. It has it. No one gets left a short shift. There's no one that's like, oh, well, they forgot about him for 15 minutes and now he's back. Well, it's not that long, but you know, for five minutes, what was he doing at that time? Like everything has a reason for happening. And between those three scenes and the actual like overall story and the characters, I would say that you don't actually have to watch any of the other seasons of any Marvel show on Netflix. You can watch it on its own and it's totally worth it. I think I binged it and okay. I was going to watch half of it to talk about it. And I ended up, uh, you know, watching the, like binging it in like five days with all of the other stuff nice. going on. So highly suggest that one. So you don't actually have to watch any of the other seasons. Uh, as long as you kind of get the general idea of who people are, you're fine. Like if you know hmm. Daredevil, okay. he's blind. He's a lawyer. People think he's dead. If you know Karen Murdoch, Karen, not Murdoch, uh, Karen Page was worked mm-hmm. for the law firm of Murdoch and Nelson and had some bad crap in her past. And then Foggy Nelson was kind of a joke of, a, of an attorney and is realizing now that the Kingpin could very likely get out after killing a bunch of cops and Daredevil that he needs to kind of get serious. That's all you really need to know. So if you listen to this yeah, podcast, right, you're good to go. Watch it. And there you have it. Uh, well, earlier in the show, we talked a little bit about the hoax band or the fake band known as Threaten and their huge fan base of four people. Yep. And it kind of got us thinking about some pop culture hoaxes. And there's a there's a lot of them. And there's movies, music, all sorts of stuff. But but there is some debate on to what we actually, at least on my part, on to what we actually consider a quote-unquote hoax. Yeah, so... We're going to kind of have to talk this out as we go. So the the idea is like, is it a hoax if someone makes up something and does it as a marketing campaign, which you'll hear us talk about a little bit in a second, mm-hmm. or is it a hoax when like a group of people unrelated to the actual topic spread some rumors? So like a lot of those like dead celebrity rumors that have nothing to do with the publicity, the publicist or the movie studio or whatever, but a fan might hear something, you know, like... Yeah. Oh my God, so-and-so is, you know, sick like, and then they're dead. Yeah. yeah. Or, or Michael like Jackson sleeps stuff. in a hyperbaric chamber. Did you know that? Is, is that really a hoax? Or is it just some sort of false it's fact? More of a rumor. Yeah. yeah. Or, or Walt Disney's frozen head is underneath Disneyland. Is that a hoax or is that one of those just rumors? It is. That's a hundred percent real. It's true. I, I've, I've seen I've, it. I've held it in my hands. That's what powers Disney World. Right. Ah, Walt's imagination. Exactly. That's right. Christ, people. Don't you know this? So we're, we're going to have to kind of talk this out. Um, I think there's a lot of options for this. So um, I have a feeling I, I know that there's going to be a future question because I, I music hoaxes are my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I didn't put any on there. Um, so I know I I'm going to revisit one. this. So. Let's uh let's just see what we come up with. Um, our top five favorite, just pop culture hoaxes. Okay, um, and, and we'll see what G- we end up with. Jimmy goes number one, always. All Jimmy right. number one. <laughs> so my number five is going to be the Amityville horror. Um, these are things that I uh, I really believed, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, really kind of got to me. Um, Amityville horror was you know one of those ones. So that's what got me believing in haunted houses i guess you could say from spirit of the house and I, it, uh, it was until very recently that i realized like 
very recently that I realized that it had been fully debunked. Yeah, and it had been, uh, which leads me into my number four were um, Elaine and um, what's his name? Ed. The Warrens. Ed, Ed and Elaine Warren. Ed and Lorraine. Ed and Lorraine Warren. Thank you. Um, they were paranormal investigators, and uh, you know they laid claim to a lot of these things, but they just it they weren't true. Um, as much as I wanted to believe them when I was little, but you know they scared me, and you know that's why they end up number four on my list. Aren't number- aren't they the ones who collected Annabelle? They did. Mm-hmm. Now is Annabelle a hoax as well, or most is likely. that like yeah. a real thing? Most likely. No, Unless she happens to be listening, at which point, very real. Oh, God. <laughs> Please, no. Could not be more real. Yeah. Number three is The Legend of Boggy Creek. Um, it was one of the first, like, found footage kind of, you know, spooky films that, um, God, was it like 70? 73 or 72. Yeah. It was like in the top 25 movies, money-making-wise, of the in that year, too, which is insane. Mm-hmm. It's hard to watch because it's very grainy. It's very yeah, it's brown. Pretty awful now, but, you know, scared a lot of people back then. Um, I know we didn't say musical acts, but metal, Metalocalypse? What is that? It That's Death it, Clock. Yeah, Death Clock. Uh, so as them being an actual band? Yeah, and they're not. It's, it's stupid. I hate that cartoon. <laughs> uh, but... And yet, number two. <laughs> yeah, I I just, it's... Well, it's a cartoon. It's actually not a band, so you putting it on there is actually not music. Yeah, no, it's pretty awful. But number one is the Blair Witch Project. Blair, Blair Witch? Blair, Blair Witch, Witch Project. <laughs> Blair Witch Project um, scared the absolute crap out of me. I totally bought into it when I was, like, 12 years old. Um, that's my absolute number one. Great viral marketing oh yeah so great the whole cast was dead nobody ever heard of them um it was type of typo negative in the soundtrack it was it was great it totally freaked me out (laughs) well i'm I'm gonna go go ahead okay so my number five is the dead munchkin in the wizard of oz that there is a supposedly a shot in the wizard of oz where you can see a dead munchkin in the background and that could be a rumor um well that's actually true it is, yeah. Supposedly a munchkin hung himself because of, well, because I'm calling him a munchkin. That's one of the reasons, possibly. But, you know, that that's, was supposedly a thing. And then, of course, you see it happen when you're watching the movie. I forget exactly the spot. It's somewhere during one of the songs. But Yeah, it's, it's actually. It is not true, no. Sure it is. Uh, number four is the Blair Witch. Jimmy said as bad as Why me. is that not number, your number one? Because it is not. Because. Fine. Whatever. Because one of my other ones uh, is the Ghost Boy in Three Men and a Baby. Now this one... Oh, I remember that one. Now this one, you could actually put it in as a hoax because the... I very distinctly remember the studio going all in on this. Yeah, and I saw the scene. I I mean, I went back and watched it and it was believable enough just because of how grainy the footage is. Mm-hmm. And you had to like pause it as it was panning past, and it's like, oh, oh, is that a little boy? That's a the little boy. The story was, and I think um, the timing might be a little off here, because back then videos would come out for rental, and if you didn't know this, they were like a hundred and something bucks each. And then a little bit later, they would come out for sale. At which point, they were nineteen ninety five or whatever they ended up being. And somewhere around the time that the for sale version came out, this story kind of took off, 
It was pre-internet. There's people talking about it. It was on the, I think it was on the news. I don't even know how I learned about it because again, pre-internet. And there is this little, this boy that you can see in the background of one of the shots. And they said that it was the ghost of some kid that shot himself with a shotgun. I remember that very distinctly. And they said that you can see the shotgun in the scene and all this stuff. And it turned out it was just a cutout of Ted Danson from earlier in the movie that they had stuck behind a part of a set and it ended up visible. Yeah, it was behind it was behind a curtain. Yeah. It was like halfway behind a curtain. And as the camera panned past it, you saw like half of the face kind of like peeking out from behind the curtain. Yeah. And of course everyone freaked out, but it also caused a ton of people to rent the movie to go see it, you know, see it again and all that. And it definitely I don't know the exact numbers. Obviously we're not party to that stuff, but it was definitely a thing and a big fake hoax. Uh, I'm going to go with the frozen Walt Disney head that we talked about earlier as my number two, um, because Rob but is it really a hoax? Because Rob held that in his hand, um, and I've uh, held lots of. Jimmy's here <laughs> to stop this kind of conversation. And hey, thank you. <laughs> Knock it off. All right. And I got to do the original. Well, probably not the original, but the big one, the War of the Worlds radio show. Uh, Orson Welles, of course, they did a radio show, and they never, of course, announced that it was fake and there were people that freaked out. Although not as big of a freak out as people say, but mm-hmm. people freaked out thinking that the world was actually being invaded by aliens, even though it was just a radio teledrama thing. Um, yeah, there was no one killing themselves. Like people say there was no one burning down their mm-hmm. houses and running into shelters and all that stuff. But there were still people Shelter that were down. a little more concerned and it's not like they purpose. And it's not like they went ahead and immediately said, Oh no, it's just a hoax because as soon as the, whatever the idea of ratings were back then. And once people started talking about it, they just kind of went with it. So I would say that's my number one. Okay. Um, I'll start my list at number five with God, almost one of the original hoaxes. And that's, um, or, you know, one of the really early hoaxes. That's the Fiji mermaid. Oh yeah. Um, what was it? PT Barnum who set that up? Um, I thought it was Ripley. Was it? Uh, maybe it was Ripley. Well, no, I thought Ripley collected it uh, after maybe. the fact. And it was a, what, like a fish sewed together with a, monkey a monkey yeah a monkey torso <laughs> yeah is that but yeah the, it was that uh helper monkey from earlier that we fired for throwing too much poop we did we did not throwing it as well as jimmy is what the problem yes. was jimmy throws poop the, yeah, the original object was Sorry. exhibited by pt barnum in barnum's American yeah, museum that's what i thought okay um and ripley ended up with it after the fact um but yeah so fiji mermaid will be number five um, at number four, um, I'm going to go with something that I didn't know was completely debunked until you told me, Greg, actually very recently, and that's Amityville. I I actually did not know that it had been completely debunked. I think it was debunked. pretty much when we covered it last month or two months ago now. That, yeah. that's, that's when I found out about it. Was that the DeFeo murders? Mm-hmm. So Amityville is going to be my number four. My number three, and it pains me to put this here because I absolutely hated it and I was not fooled for a second but so many people that I knew completely bought into it, and that's a Blair Witch. Like me. I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. I was like, this is no, not real. It. How in the hell is this real? This is stupid. Come it scared on. the hell out of me. Well, but I was also older than you. Yeah, it's true. But but I had friends who bought into it, and I'm like, are you serious? Come on. Yeah. That was funny because like, cool. I'm in between. I wanted it to be real so that I could be as scared as Jimmy, although I knew it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You knew it was total. I knew it was fake, but I wanted it to be real. Mm -hmm. No, I thought it was real. So, yeah. But I was like, there's no way this is real. Come on, people. Anyway, that's my number three. 
my number two is actually going to be Greg's number one, and that's the War of the Worlds. Um, and and Greg and I had a little discussion about this one um, because again that. It was my it was my whole well was that really a hoax or was that just something that they aired and people just like panicked you know does that actually count as a hoax if they don't have any intention of like bullying people they're like hey we're gonna air this TV program it'll be or this radio program it'll be really neat and then people are like oh my god aliens are invading you know is that really a hoax or is that just people being stupid um, but Greg pointed out that it was actually, that was actually the intended effect and they, they intended to do that. So I'm giving them credit for it and saying, okay, that was, not. is that, is that correct? I believe Greg? so. Yes. They actually yes. intended for that. Wait, you believe so, or you know, so oh, well, I'll look that up. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Damn it. Greg. Orson Wells mean to cause a panic. I'm sure he did. I hope so. Cause otherwise I have to change my list. And I'm not really sure what I would put. Uh, There's going to be um, a lot of reading involved here, so I'm not sure if we're going to find this out before the end of the episode. Um, for my number one, I'll just go ahead and do my number one. For my number one, I put that I put this one at number one simply because they fooled everyone. Okay. Everyone. I'm excited. They what got. They won an award. They had to give it back. The backlash was so terrible. I think one of them ended, uh, not, oh. I mean, it was years later, but one of them committed suicide, but it's going to be Millie Vanilli. Is this that, uh, I thought you were going to talk about the, oh. that the Give Me Five podcast is actually not currently being hosted by artificial intelligence? <gasps> what? No, the, the giveaway was that they won awards. We haven't, we haven't won shit. True. Yeah. <laughs> I thought everyone but yeah, no, Millie, Millie Vanilli fooled everybody. And for those of mm-hmm. for those of you who are who are younger and don't remember or know who Millie Vanilli was, they were a musical group who perf- did their debut album. But the front men for the group, Millie and Vanilli, did absolutely none of the singing whatsoever. They lip synced. They're actually the reason that you can't. Are, wait, are they the reason? No. Or was it? No, I wasn't Ashley Simpson. But I, I got to believe that they're the reason that they made the rules that you cannot lip sync performances anymore. Well, no, they, you they, have yeah, to well, actually sing. No, they lip sync all the time. They called them. Um, they call them backing tracks now, I believe. Mm-hmm. But Millie Vanilli, yeah, they were two models that uh, lip synced to uh, different artists. To, so, to the actual, I mean, they they were songs that were actually that were actually written for them, basically. Mm-hmm. And they had they had singers who sung their parts, you know. So it was like it was like a two person for every member of of the group. So there was like actually four members of the group. There were the two people who were the ones you saw on stage, and then there were the two people who did the vocals. I believe it's more the idea of the, if someone buys an album, the artist actually has to be in some way represented on that album. Whereas they didn't sing at all. Live performances, they still lip sync all the time. There was literally a big lip sync problem last week with some big star. Um, I don't remember who it was. Rita Ora. So. Yep. It was at the uh, Macy's yes, yeah, Thanksgiving Parade. Yeah. And I mean, the that there was but a big I, Britney I, Spears I remember... concert where she was very clearly lip syncing because she was singing on a microphone as like a waterfall was pouring on her. And I believe there was also a snake involved, and you couldn't hear water at all. So it was very clearly that um, it wasn't real singing. I I do remember that at some. I mean, it may be that they relaxed some of the some of the rules and regulations, but I do remember them 
having a big deal or a big to do about not allowing um, artists to lip sync at live performances for a while. And, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just remembering that incorrectly. It's, it's more like the album. Like you have to, because if per, people are purchasing the album, they're purchasing art by that person. And to, some, to most extents, they have to be in there. Now it's, it, there could be notifications. There was none, no notification whatsoever. I think that's the way it works. Um, if there's any lawyers out there, let us know. Actually, we know there's lawyers out there listening. So We do. Solo bass, we're talking to you. <laughs> so <clears throat> anyway, um, I think that, you know, for our hoaxes, I think that kind of takes place. I think there's actually a lot of you know, fertile ground for this kind of stuff. Um, hoaxes or urban legends. I think, you know, there might be someday we might have to cover some music, pop culture, movie, urban legends. Cause there's a lot of really cool ones. And a lot of them involve some of our favorite mm-hmm. movies, too. So I have a feeling that we'll come back to this at some point. But, you know, we had a surprise guest tonight. We hey, did. So... Hey guys! Uh, in order to keep this to a manageable time, um, I'm going to uh, close it out. Sure. So, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you, Jimmy, for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you, Jimmy. Yes. And uh, remember to follow and subscribe and rate and review. And reviews help us a lot. So, thank you in advance. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Peace out. Wow. You completely cut out in the middle of that, and it made that sentence so much more offensive. Oh, good. Because what came out was, so, Rob, where can you cut? What? So what I actually said was, so, Rob, where can you contact work? Jesus, that's not what I said. So, Rob, where can people contact us if they get offended by something that we say because we don't have Jimmy here babysitting us?